Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 115. Hey, this is Jesse Cole, author of Find Your Yellow Tux. And if you want to learn how to stand out, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but First, if you have not done this already, please go ahead and schedule a quick chat with me. I would love to talk with you sometime just for 10 or 15 minutes over the phone. Um, Head on over to buildyournetwork.co forward slash FB. And in the pinned welcome post in the top of my Facebook group, you'll see a link that goes directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a quick chat. Love to talk with you sometime. So I'll catch you there or I'll catch you in the Facebook group. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Jesse Cole. Jesse is the owner of Fans First Entertainment, who owns and operates the Savannah Bananas and the Gastonia Grizzlies. Cole and his teams have been featured on MSNBC, CNN, and multiple times on ESPN. Cole is an in-demand speaker and author of Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out. The Savannah Bananas have sold out 32 straight games, broke the league attendance record, Savannah attendance record, and have a waiting 
waiting list in the thousands for tickets for the 2018 season. The Bananas have won Organization of the Year back-to-back years, Entrepreneur of the Year, and were CPL champions in their first year. Jesse, welcome to the show, man. Super excited to have you on. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're most excited about right now? Yeah, pumped to be on the show. You know what I'm excited about right most right now is actually nothing to do with business. We've been fortunate. We're doing crazy things with business, but my wife and I are expecting our first baby. And right as we talk, it could be any minute. So if the, oh, the no show way. ends abruptly, I may be running to go to a hospital. So I am most <laughs> excited about our first baby. And we don't know sure if it's a boy or a girl, but if it's a boy, we got a little tiny yellow tuxedo for them. So I am <laughs> pumped about that. Congrats on that, man. Congrats. Thanks. That's super Thank cool. You. So let's, uh, let's go back now. I'm, I'm really interested in um, how you got into all of this. Um, I assume that you probably didn't go to college for like sports team ownership or entrepreneurship. <laughs> so how, how did all this start, man? No, yeah, I went to college, uh, Wofford College, to play baseball. I was obsessed with baseball. Uh, I grew up playing it. My father owned a baseball facility, and then my junior year, I tore everything in my shoulder. Literally wiped my wiped my shoulder out, and that, I was done. And I got an opportunity to work for a, a college summer baseball team as an intern, and I took that, uh, getting paid nothing. And I had a lot of fun with it. I was successful selling door-to-door sponsorships. I mean, literally going door-to-door selling. And I was cra- the owner was crazy enough to offer me a job as a general manager at 23 years old of his wow. team in Gastonia, North Carolina. And I took that team. And the first day I showed up, I found out that they only had 200 fans coming to the games, that there was only $268 in the bank account, and the team was losing more than $100,000 a year. So oh uh, it was goodness. a crazy, crazy first day. And But that's – I wouldn't trade anything because – there I learned that what business you're in, but what business you're really in. And I learned that we were not in the baseball business because no one was coming to our baseball games, that we had to be all about the circus and all about entertainment. And it was then back at 23 years old, I turned the ball games into a circus. Our players doing choreographed dances during the games, grandma beauty pageants. I mean, literally I was in the dunk tank every game, live bands playing on the field. And and we had a lot of success and turned that into buying the franchise in 2014 and then buying an expansion franchise franchise in Savannah, Georgia and heading there uh, just two years ago. And that's when the real chaos happened. So that's the spark notes version of, of the story. <laughs> the spark notes. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's get a little bit deeper into the content then. Um, so you're, you're 23 and you get all of this bad news dumped on you basically the first day of this job that you, I'm, I assume you're probably pretty stoked about at the time. Um, so <laughs> yeah, general manager at 23. Yeah. Hours. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm sure on your first day, you probably realized why he gave you that job. <laughs> so, <laughs> no one else wanted it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so at this point, was it just like the wind was taken out of your sails or were you like, yeah, let's bring it on. Let's do this. I think the best leaders want to take something on when it's down. You never want to go to something when it's on the top. And so for me, I was excited about the challenge. I mean, I couldn't make it any worse. So what was, <laughs> yeah. I was, well, I was so fortunate. The owner of the team said, Jesse, whatever you want to do to try to make it different. And I said, yes. And yeah. that's where I learned the power of dramatically being different. You know, it's better to be the only than anything else. And we want to be the only team that had dancing players in the middle of the game. The only team that was literally having world's largest pillow fights on the field before the games. I mean, we just literally turned it into a circus and we learned so much from that. So, you know, that's where it started. And then when we came to Savannah, we just took it even further. And that's where our unbelievable success has happened. And I've never seen this happen in the sports industry, what's happened over the last two years. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with 
Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So so then what's the what's next then? So you you are now owner of two different franchises. What's what's coming up next? Is this something that you want to keep doing in this particular industry or yeah. I mean, what I've real, realized is a huge opportunity. And I think every business owner, no matter what they're in, you know, they need to look at, they look at the challenges in the business. In my book, Find Your Yellow Tux, I talk about the mirror moment. And I realized that there was something frustrating many people about the baseball industry. It was long. It was slow. It was boring. People were getting nickel and dime. When you go to ballparks, you're paying for tickets, food, drinks, everything. It'd be so expensive. So we turned it on, on the backside and literally did everything different. So like all of our tickets are all you can eat, you know, all your burgers, hot dogs, chicken sandwiches, soda, water, everything for $15. Wow. You know, we made it nonstop entertainment. We literally have a senior citizen dance team called the banana nanas who are in their seventies and dance Justin Timberlake on the field every game. You know, <laughs> I mean, yes. we have a break, we have a break dancing first base coach who does the moonwalk while he's giving signals, all of these things, a pep band at a baseball game, a 30 piece pep band playing songs throughout the ballpark. So we turned it into this whole entertainment thing. So for my philosophy is, is now, you know, that we're fortunate to have all the sellouts and the wait list and the thousands. How can we take the show on the road? So I'm looking, how can we really expand this? And we've been fortunate. We've had a production company reach out to us about doing a documentary series and a TV show. And that might be a way to build. But hmm. uh, yeah, we got a lot of plans. But I will tell you this, Travis, just two years ago, my wife and I were sleeping on an airbed. We literally ran out of money. We emptied out our savings account. We had to sell our house and it was the biggest struggle we've ever had. And so we had those challenges before we had success. And I don't want to say it was all an overnight success because it was as tough as it could ever be. And that was just two years ago. That was two years ago. So, so what's the timeline then? So you're 23, you start being GM. What, what age did you say that you bought? So I was 23. That was in 2007. Then I bought the Gastonia team in 2014. Okay. And then the f fall of 2015, I bought the Savannah team and went to Savannah, Georgia then. And then by January of 2016, we were, we had no money. We had to sell the house. 
empty out the savings account. We're sleeping on an airbed in January of 2016. So what's the mindset from then? Because like, obviously, the, the, this is what the fascinates me the most, I think, about entrepreneurs in general. I, I don't know if it's the personality type or the mentality or if it's learned or if it's taught or if it's if you're born with it, whatever it is, but it just like, this is a situation where most people are going, look, I tried it. It didn't work. I got to go get a job. Like I got to go pay my bills. What are you thinking during this time? Purpose and belief. You know, I believe everything in business is belief. And we believed that we were doing something dramatically different than anyone else. We believed that people would eventually catch on and believe in us. It doesn't happen at first because it was so foreign. And all the craziest ideas, people don't catch on right away. I mean, if you think about everything, it's not like right away, right. wow, that makes sense. I mean, Airbnb, the struggles they had in the beginning, and now everyone's doing Airbnb. Same thing with Uber. So we knew that this is how baseball should be watched. It should be all about fun and baseball secondary, but it was going to take time to catch on. So as we laid there in our airbed, barely sleeping, um, I used to think it's just going to take time. And mm. you know, every entrepreneur has to go all in at some point. You yeah. can't just continue to roll. And, and we, that was our all-in moment. And, and I'm excited because in a few years, we're probably going to have another all-in moment. And I think that's what makes entrepreneurs special is because they look forward to those. They want those challenges. And that's what drives me. I don't want it. Once it gets easy, that's when you need to work harder. Right, right. Well, the struggle is what ultimately will always produce the best results. Um, I think that especially in in our generation, I think kind of kind of started in our parents' generation, to be honest, um, where there was this idea that avoiding struggle somehow led to a better life because everybody went through adversity and had these setbacks and they're like, I don't want my kids to have the same adversity that I did. So then they make it to where like the world is a nice place where there's no adversity. And then <laughs> you go into life thinking that, and then you first sign of adversity you're like, nope, I don't like it. I feel pain. I'm done. I'm out. And then yeah. that's what happens. It's everybody just goes where they feel safe and secure. And then yeah. you settle for average and settle for mediocre because ultimately what produces the best is the struggle. So it's, it's so cool to hear stories from people like you who've actually like been there, done that. Now you're able to see that next success. And the cool thing about it is that you're looking for the next struggle because that's how you know the next even bigger success is going to come out of that. Yeah. If you're not seeing some criticism or struggle, you're playing it too safe. And I think what you were just talking about is developing grit. Most people don't develop grit because they stay comfortable. And you've probably heard it from many of your great guests. You got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Hmm. So I challenge myself and our staff of all millennials. What are we doing each day to get uncomfortable? What are we doing to challenge ourselves? And it, it's been interesting because when we had been able to sell out all of our games and we have this wait list for thousands, I tell the guys, hey, this is too easy for you now. Let's try something crazy. That's why we had a morning beer festival, literally hosted a beer festival called Tap of the Morning, and it started at 9 a.m. Yes. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I mean, we were like, literally, people want to drink at night. Let's do the exact opposite. And that's one of my big premises. Whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. So we said, we're going to have the world's only morning beer festival at 9 a.m. <laughs> you know what? And you know what happened? It wasn't selling tickets the first couple of weeks. I go, guys, this is a challenge. What are we going to do? So then we're like, all right, we're going to start serving biscuits in the bullpen and donuts in the dugout. And we started thinking of all these cool things that we could do, free wake-up calls. So we literally called everyone at 7.30 in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, and did free wake-up calls. And we ended up selling almost 800 tickets. It was a huge success. And we learned from it. But you need to continue to challenge yourself. It, companies don't reinvent enough. You need to continue to reinvent. And that's what we're doing. So when you ask what's next for me, 
The reality is I don't know exactly. Yeah. And that, that yeah. and that excites me. That fires me up. And my, I told my staff, I go, guys, if you can't handle change, this isn't going to be a great organization for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it definitely seems to be that way, but I'm honestly looking forward to see what you produce next, my man. Um, there's so much, so much stuff to be able to glean from that. So, so uh, for, for people that are listening, they're not obviously seeing a picture of you or watching a video. <laughs> so, uh, there was a part in the intro where we talked about find your yellow tux. So walk us through that. What what the heck is all that about? <laughs> so six, seven years ago now, uh, for the first game of our 2011 season, I said, if we're going to be pieing people in the stands, our players are going to be dancing. We're going to be doing crazy giveaways like Porta Johns, which we've given away during games. And if we're going to be giving away colon cleansings during games, I need to be dressed like a showman. So I got one of my friends who owned a bridal formal shop, got a black tuxedo with, uh, you know, the big uh, tails. And it was 104 degrees on opening night. I almost melted. So I was like, this doesn't work. So I went online. I was like, I got to find a lighter tuxedo. So I found this website. It exists, brightcoloredtuxedos.com. And I found a yellow tuxedo. I overnighted it, wore wore it that first night, and it stuck. Everyone was taking pictures. It it fit me. And now I own seven of them. Literally, uh, the (laughs) the staff just came together and surprised me and bought a custom-made yellow tuxedo for when I'm speaking around the country. They're like, you can't look like a circus character anymore. You need to look good, Jesse. So they got me a seventh yellow tuxedo. I've proposed in it. I've slept in it. I've worn it over 300 times. I wear it every single day. And what I believe more than anything, Travis, is if you ask any person or any company, what makes you stand out? What makes you different? And very few people have a good answer to that. Hmm. And what I've learned, you can't be successful if you're not standing out. And so I've embraced it. It's part of my brand. It's who I am. And I love it. And it's, it's authentic to me. No one else should wear a yellow tuxedo. Believe me, yellow is <laughs> not a great, it's not a great color on many people, but whatever your strengths are, whatever you're the best at, amplify it a hundred times and be that person. And so I think that's where I talk about in the book and how you can stand out. And then you can also make your business stand out. And I'm really, really gung ho on that. Yeah, truly, truly living and practicing what you preach, um, which is uh, which is more than I can say for a lot of people. So um, really, really cool stuff you got going on there, man. Let's go ahead and switch the conversation now. Obviously, we are on the Build Your Network podcast. We talk a lot about um, uh, building relationships with people and uh, how to do it the right way and the non-spammy way and how to make real friendships instead of just burning through relationships and stuff like that. So this is the question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, Jesse. So um, this is the way that I get this conversation a conversation headed in the right direction. Do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why? My first seven years in business, I would have answer, answered emphatically, it's what you know. But now, 150%, it's who you know. Hmm. And and I'll share because when I first came up, I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have anyone guiding me. I just read every book I could on marketing and leadership and culture and customer service. I read, I read 100 books a year. And I was just focusing so much on what I can know. But in the last two years on the relationships that I've developed, my, uh, I guess, trajectory Mm -hmm. and how much I've grown has tripled over those last seven years. So it's 100% who you know. And I think a lot of people, Travis, they may believe when they're first coming, it's what you know. But once you really start to build great relationships, a great human connection, it becomes, you know, definitely who you know. Yeah, I think that's the bottom line is that once once you experience the magic of connecting with people and building Mm -hmm. actual relationships and collaboration and community, once you experience that magic, like there's no going back. You know, like (laughs) I've never talked to anybody that was like, 
like, yeah, I did it for a while, but I'm back to reading a hundred books a year and not really going <laughs> to any networking events. It's like, no, no, no. Like I, I talked to a lot of people that, that are exactly what you said, where it's like, I thought I had to do this and that. And, um, and, and while all that stuff is important, cause don't get me wrong, reading books is important. Gaining knowledge is important. Implementing that is important. All that's important. But the fastest way to like just grow exponentially is always through getting to know people who have been there, done that, bought the t-shirt and can walk you through how to do it. Uh, And correct me if I'm wrong on that, Jesse. No, it's, it's how you expedite your growth. And I think what's interesting for a lot of people. And as you grow and develop, most people, when they first start, you know, they leave college, they're focused on themselves and they're focused on their own growth and they're focused on their ego. Right. But it's a shift that goes, when you focus on other people, and who you know, you start focusing on others. And that's where you really see impact, purpose. And that was a big shift for me. You yeah. know, when I started, it was just myself growing as a general manager, then buying a team. And now having 20 people, 20 millennials working under me, 200 part-time people working with me, I feel like I work for them so that I need to develop better connections, better uh, mentors, better leaders in my life so I can help them. It's not necessarily just for myself. Yeah. That, and that one mindset shift is what makes a good quote unquote networker is mm. the fact that you're not in it for yourself. People have this, that's why, that's why the word networking has such a bad rap. You know what I mean? Like I, I, people don't like that word because they associate bad networkers with that word. They're, they think instantly of the person at the last networking event that ran up to them, threw a business card in their face, <laughs> gave them their like, 90 second elevator pitch, moved on to the next person and asked for the sale. You know what I mean? Like that's the person that they think of, but true networking, actually offering value to other people is where the the beauty of this whole thing lies. And you hit the nail on the head when you said it right there. Um, so what are some ways, Jesse, that you found that, uh, allow you to offer more value to people that you meet, to be able to always be giving that 51% of the value in those relationships? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll jump first on what you said earlier. If you don't like networking, then you don't like relationships. So you don't like relationships, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. you like isol- isolation. So anyways, that that's, I agree with you hundred percent on that. Yeah. Every, everything changed for me in 2016. And that's when I started the thank you experiment. And I, I made this up, you know, I, you've probably heard of the book, the one word by John Gordon, mm-hmm. and it shows how 87% of new year's resolutions fail, but people that focus on one word for the year, they have a much better success rate and they grow, you know, much more. And, and so I chose the word care in 2016 mm-hmm. and I said, I'm going to care more about people. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, I need to have some type of tangible thing. So I started the thank you experiment. And what I was going to do is every single day, In the morning, first thing, I would write a thank you letter to someone in my life, someone that's made an impact, whether it was an old high school teacher, whether it was an author, whether it was a family member, whether it was a colleague, it was someone every single day. When I started that, it changed everything. The relationships that I built from that thank you experiment has made me continue that thank you experiment two years later and every day, still writing a thank you letter. And here's like an example. You know, I wrote a letter to Simon Sinek. Because his, his uh, TED Talk, How Great Leaders Inspire Action, changed my purpose more than anyone ever has. And he called me literally two months later. And he said, hello, this is Simon Sinek. And I was like, shut up. Who is this? <laughs> I, literally, I literally yelled at him. And, and that happened. All these authors reached out. You know, Ken Blanchard called me. And all these people started reaching out because of how much their thank you letter meant. And the funny thing is I didn't do the thank you letters to get any response. I just wanted to let them know how much of an impact they've made on my life. Right. And you know, I'll give you one great example of changed everything. You've probably heard of Mike Michalowicz. Um, he's the author of Profit First, The Pumpkin Plan, New York Times bestselling author, mm-hmm. making a huge impact. 
his book, The Pumpkin Plan, changed my life where we were going through serious debt, had no money. And I wrote a sincere thank you letter. He called me as soon as he got it and said, hey, I love what you're doing. I want you to be on my show. And I went on his podcast. We talked. We built a relationship. He came to a Savannah Bananas game, was blown away, threw out the first pitch. We built such a great relationship. He's connected me with MSNBC. He's connected me with the speaking coordinator, some unbelievable paid spoke, uh, speaking gigs. He wow. stayed in my house. I mean, the, the relationship just for that one thank you letter has been more than I could ever imagine. And that's what happened with numerous people. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't want to go too much elaborate, but that thank you experiment has changed my life and it will continue based on how I'm able to network and build relationships. Uh, I'm going to do something a little bit off the wall here, and I'm going to point out the negative in this story. Um, because that is where the whole, that's where this whole thing comes together. Uh, because without this one thing, you don't get the results that you're getting. So of the, so, you, so you've written a thank you letter a day, basically for the last couple of years. So you're, you're coming up to almost a thousand thank you letters mm -hmm. if you do it for the next, the rest of this year. Right. So mm -hmm. of those thousand, how many responses, <laughs> how many people have not responded? Oh, geez. 900. Yeah. I mean, I, exactly. I, you know, Exactly. One a, one a month, maybe. Mm -hmm. That that's that's my whole point is because people underestimate the amount of consistency that they need to put into an effort in order to see some sort of result from it. Like, so someone listening to this will will hear what you just said and be like, "I'm going to do that," and then they'll write thank you letters for the next month, and then they won't get a response from any of them, and they'll be like, "This just doesn't work for me," and then they'll give up on it and go walk away from it. And it's and like they're no, doing no, no. it for the wrong reason. They're right. doing it for the reason for the result instead of yes. for the actual like being thankful and showing gratitude and offering value to somebody else. Um, yeah, no, it's totally fueled by the wrong thing and their expectations are always through the roof and it, mm. they can never be met that way. And that, that, that was why I wanted to point that out because you write that thank you note every single day. So out of a thousand, you might get 50 responses, but like the, even if you got zero, the whole point is that you're offering gratitude, like showing gratitude to people. So it doesn't really matter anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So your expectations are insanely low for the whole thing because you're just trying to show gratitude. So it, it, so it starts my day with gratitude. And, yeah. and the truth, the truth is Travis, it's probably one of the most selfish things I do because when I write it, I feel amazing because I know, I know someone, when someone writes me a thank you letter or sends me a thank you email or a thank you video, it means the world to me. And yeah. I know, I hope that that'll have the same impact on them. That's what, that's why I do it. I love it. It's, it's, it's like a drug. Mm -hmm. Right. I just wrote a couple of those yesterday myself and, uh, I, I need to do it a lot more consistent, consistently of taking that challenge from you. But, uh, uh, it is such a great feeling too, when, especially when you like get a response back and they're like, Oh my gosh, I made my day. Thank you so much. And it's just like, all that took was three minutes of my time and like a postage stamp. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why is that such a, like, it's such a teeny tiny, small little thing, but it adds so much value to people. Um, you know what I did is I bought 500 at a time with the envelope. So I committed to it. So I had them in front of me. So it wasn't like, Oh, I don't have any letters with me right now. So I have 500 <laughs> yeah. right on my desk. And then I bought another 500. And yeah, I, yeah. so that, that was something that like kind of a trick to make it easier for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then when you're going to find addresses of these people, you just like Google it or what? Yeah, that's been the toughest thing. So I would tell you probably there's probably been over 100 people that I've run into write thank you letters, but I couldn't find their address. And I don't want to go ask for their address because I like the surprise and delight. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of times I'll just do a thank you video or a thank you email, which is not the same. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's been the biggest challenge in, is finding addresses. So anybody out there, if you have a website, put your address on the website. It is helpful. You'll receive more thank you letters. <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. That's actually something I've started to do. Uh, well, uh, like for instance, when you booked uh, interview on my show, I ask for addresses now 
um, yeah. because of that very reason. I started like trying to send stuff to people and I was like, man, I can't find this anywhere. And yes. I'm like you, I don't want to like ask for the address and be like, yes. Hey, can I have your address? I want to send you something, you know, because then it's like, is he sending me a gift? And then all they get is a thank you letter. And they're like, uh, there's not even a gift in here. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So you inspired yeah. me to do the same. So I actually did the same <laughs> with my podcast business done differently. So it's funny, full circle right there, Travis. <laughs> That's so funny. That's funny, man. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit uh, more practically here because there, there, there's so much to this whole networking thing, uh, Jesse. W- would you would you say that you are an introvert or an extrovert? <laughs> As I'm here in a bright yellow tuxedo, I don't yeah. think anyone in the world would say I am an introvert. So it's, it's a lot easier for me. I'm the guy that goes up and talks to strangers. When I'm going to give a speech, <laughs> when I'm going to give a speech around the country, I'm in the yellow tuxedo at the airport and TSA and everyone else is looking at me like I'm crazy. So yeah. I am an extrovert of extroverts. So okay. I will say that. How, how do you feel that that has impacted your ability to uh, build a true, genuine connection with people? <laughs> you know, it's funny. At first, people are probably thrown off. Like, who is this crazy guy in a yellow tuxedo? But once they get to know me, hopefully they know that I'm real and I'm sincere and this is who I am. Um, it's uncomfortable. You know, I go to conferences, business conferences with three or 4,000 people there. They're all dressed in business casual. And there's this guy with a yellow tuxedo and yellow top hat. So to an extent, what happens, it, it probably throws some people off. But others, it's a great way to come over and uh, talk to me. So for instance, a lot of people are like, hey, what's with the yellow tuxedo? And I think a lot of people, they don't stand out and they're hard to find, you know, yeah. you know, what, what at a networking event or any type of event, you know, you got to stand out a little bit so people can actually engage in conversations, make it easier for them, do something different. You yeah. know, if your hairstyle's wild or if you have an accessory or a fun bag or a cr- colorful shirt, you know, so many people try to blend in, you know, we weren't born to fit in. We were born to stand out. And I believe that. So it, it is me and it, it's made it a lot easier for me uh, to talk to more people and connect. Totally. Totally. So do you think that being an extrovert has made it more difficult for you to build a a deeper relationship with people instead of going like a mile wide and an inch deep? Or do you think that's affected it at all? Yeah, I think I think it has. It's been difficult at first because people are, like I said, probably thrown off, probably uncomfortable. You know, it's not as easy to connect. They don't see themselves in this crazy guy in a yellow tuxedo. So so it's probably opened up a lot more conversations. Right. But it takes more like, hey, let's sit down and talk for a little bit. And then kind of the onion gets peeled. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I I find that to be true because it's really interesting. Uh, I'm more of an introvert, uh, to be honest with you. So I I recharge by myself. I'm not like crazy outgoing. I'm I'm, I'm very much introverted in that way. So um, it's funny because I initially was like, that's going to affect my ability to really network with people. But uh, so it's it's just funny because you so much of this stems from self-awareness, right? So you're self-aware, you know that you're an extrovert. I'm self-aware, I know I'm an introvert. So mm-hmm. you just have to figure out a way to go deeper with the people that you're connecting with because you don't have a problem connecting with a, a hundred or a thousand people at an event, right? So for okay. me, it's more like I need to focus on like trying to push myself out there to get to meet more people because I once I meet somebody, I go deep immediately and it's easier for me to do that because- mm-hmm. I have a lot of different things to connect with them on. And, and so I'll find like two people and I'll go really deep with them and I'll neglect the other thousand people there. Mm-hmm. So I think all this branches off from self-awareness, but I think the whole point is that out. you should just do it. <laughs> That's yeah, the whole 100%. point. I, I think it comes down to self-doubt too. I think people are scared. They have fear of what people are going to say, what they're going to think. And what you mm-hmm. said about just do it, you know, I've heard as soon as you want to go talk to someone within three seconds, go and talk to them. Yep. You know, yep. again, people are in their own worlds. They're not thinking about you. They're not worried about you. Just go do it. Yep. You know, I think that's everyone, everyone worries about what other people are going to think. Yep. You can go up and talk to them. Even if you're awkward and uncomfortable, I guarantee in five, 10, 15, 20 minutes, they've moved on. They're not thinking about you anymore. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is like, you're worried about what they're thinking 
And the bottom line is they're probably worried about what you're thinking. So like you're both going up to each other, worried about what the other person is thinking. And neither one of you are thinking anything negative about the other person. You're just wondering what the other person is thinking negative about you, you know? So like forget all of that and just have the self-confidence in, in yourself to go up and initiate the conversation. If you're an introvert, if you're an extrovert, doesn't matter. So I love um, that. So if, if you could, if you could break it down to one thing, Jesse, just one networking tip that one, one thing that somebody listening to this could take home, implement tomorrow and become better at this, uh, weird, you know, awkward networking thing. What would that one tip be? I've seen some great people do this and I, I, I again, it's not about what you say or what you do. It's how you make people feel. Mm. And, uh, Dan Miller, author of 48 days, the work you love, he wrote the forward to my book and, uh, we've grown a great, great friendship. What he did at some networking conferences where I didn't know anybody, he would grab me and say, Jesse, I got to introduce you to these people and single-handedly walk me over and make introductions of other people. He was a connector. And I'll tell you one tip, if you can be, if you know anybody, be a connector. Because when you're introducing people to other people, you become that middle ground, that magnetic personality that can help others. And it's not about you, but then everyone is looking up to you. So I I took a lot from Dan Miller and that's who I would want to be. And that's who I advise people to try to be. Totally. I love that. I love that. That's definitely something, especially as an introvert, that mm. um, is an easier way to be able to offer value to other people. I've, I've, that's something that I've just been working on like crazy, just like, hey, mm. connect you with you. If I think there's mutual, like, you know, a, ben- a beneficial amount of value that can be given here, like, hey, you should meet this person. And then there's so much value to that. So that's such a great practical tip that you can definitely take home tomorrow <laughs> and implement. Um, so Jesse, we are moving down to the last segment here, something I like to call the random round just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers you ready let's do it this is the random round what profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt (laughs) i would be the cruise director on the biggest cruise ship in the world (laughs) and here's the irony of this we just hired the cruise director of the biggest ship on Norwegian to be our director of fun for the Savannah Bananas. So I would shift, I would shift jobs for a month. That's what I would have done. <laughs> if you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Ooh, that's an easy one for me. I, I have uh, three custom-made posters in my office, one of Bill Veck, the famous baseball owner, one of P.T. Barnum, and the final one of Walt Disney. A hundred percent. I would sit with Walt Disney. I've read everything about him. I look up to him. The fact that his vision is still standing here 50 years after his death is unbelievable. Yeah. I would sit with Walt as long as I could. Yeah, that would be incredible. P.T. P- Barnum would be another great one. I was, I was actually <laughs> going to liken you to him during the show um, if, but we were running out of time there. But uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's another great yes. one. Yeah. <laughs> How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? I have a very strict discipline regimen every single morning. First thing I do when I wake up, I read, then I write, then I run and listen to a podcast. So every single morning I'm reading and listening to podcasts. So if I were to choose between the two, I would say reading because I can get more depth. But I mean, podcast, man, I'm listening every single day and I have my own podcast as well. So it's catching up pretty closely. And what's the name of your podcast? Business done differently. Business done differently. Go check out Jesse's podcast. Leave him a rating review. Tell him you heard about him here on Build Your Network. Uh, The next question is, give us a glimpse of your morning routine, but you kind of already did that. If there's more, you can add to it. If not, we'll move on. No, I think that's it. And it finishes with gratitude. You know, every morning, you know, I, I wake up early, I run, I read, I write, and I, I do gratitude with my thank you letter. If you win the morning, you win the day, as Hal Elrod said with the Miracle Morning. Everyone should get better at the mornings, and it's changed my life. 
What is your go-to pump-up song? <laughs> I have a new one now. See, this is interesting. All right. It's the greatest showman theme song and it <laughs> is, fires me up. It fires me up. And uh, we're actually going to open all of our games with our 30 piece pep band on the dugouts, playing that song yes. with the players taking their field, 4,000 people standing, going nuts. So greatest showman, unbelievable movie. And the soundtrack's even better. What are you not very good at? <laughs> so many things. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> I, should, I, should I get my wife to answer this? Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of routes yeah. I could go. I already yeah. sent her an email, so I have the yeah, real list. Yeah. You'll get, you'll get tons <laughs> on there. You yeah. know, I talk about this, whatever you're not good at, don't do. And, uh, I'm terrible at operation manual labor. It's so funny. I mean, literally, you know, yard work, good luck, terrible at it at the stadium, <laughs> any operations like putting up signs, you know, cooking food. I can't cook. I am terrible at that. So, um, try not to use my hands, but I try to inspire people and promote and uh, have fun. That's, that's my my job. All right. And one thing I forgot to ask on the tail end of that uh, book and podcast question is what is a book that you've read that you would highly recommend and a podcast that you listen to that you would highly recommend? Woo. All right. That's like, again, I ask that question a lot. Now I read, I still read about a hundred books a year. So I I'm in, I'm in about five or six books at a time. So wow. to say one book that stands out is so tough for me because I go from culture to customer service. But I, you know, I come back to two books, Carpenter by John Gordon, uh, just cause it's such a great fable about love, serve and care and how nothing else matters more than that. And then the second, but is everybody matters by Bob Chapman. And I think that really breaks down what matters in business. And it's about your people and it's about caring for them like a family like you're the parents. And that's how I'm looking at not only our employees, but everyone that we work with. So Carpenter, everybody matters from a podcast stance. Uh, I bounce back, uh, between a few of them, uh, entree leadership. I'm constantly listening to the learning leader, uh, with Ryan Hawk. And, uh, you know, th those are two that I'm listening to, but again, I'm always open to curiosity. And what I do, one thing is I listen to guests. So if I find an author that I really love, like Stefan Artzel in the five hour, uh, workday, I find all of his podcasts and listen to every show with him on it. So mm -hmm. I go deep on, on authors. As we get everything wrapped up here, Jesse, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? <laughs> well, Jesse Cole, the yellow tux guy. So I mean, if you just search that or you could find me, but find your yellow tux is my website, the Savannah bananas. I post every single day on LinkedIn uh, and on Facebook. And I believe that's one big thing. Keep putting yourself out there. That's where you really learn, do and then learn. So you can find me there as well. Find your yellow tux, go check out all things that Jesse is putting out. He's putting out some awesome content with um, a lot of similar guests that I've had on my show. So if you like my show, I'm sure you'll like Jesse's. Go check it out. Tell him you heard about him here. And uh, Jesse, thanks so much for coming to the show today, brother. Really had a fantastic time talking with you. Thank you so much, Travis. And I actually do have one gift for the listeners too, where I have the six steps to stand out a free, a free playbook. And that's findyouryellowtux.com slash BYN for build your network. Perfect. Findyouryellowtux.com slash BYN. Look, it's free. Not not lose anything. Go go get it. Download it and uh, learn something from Jesse. He's got a lot uh, to teach. Jesse, thanks a lot, man. Thank you so much, Travis. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media/fb to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies, and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media/fb. Remember, you're only one connection away. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.